الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم بدا الاسلام غريبا وسيعود كما بدا فطوبى للغرباء او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم most respected students of deen brothers and sisters we are in the mubarak month of rajab and when the month of rajab comes then this is the time to remind ourselves of the very great month of ramadan that is now almost on the doorstep we have discussed previously also about the aspect of the enthusiasm that rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam showed from the time that the mubarak month of rajab commenced what yearning what enthusiasm he displayed for the mubarak month of ramadan and this is clearly understood from the dua that nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam would make when he would cite the moon of rajab allahumma barik lana fi rajabi wa sha'ban wa balighna ramadan wallah grant us barakat in the months of rajab and sha'ban and enable us to reach the month of ramadan so this enable us to reach the month of ramadan this is the aspect that we need to focus on that rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam is showing this great enthusiasm great yearning he is making dua ya allah enable us to reach the month of ramadan so now to reach the month of ramadan why because of the greatness of that month because of what great bounties are going to be showered in that month unfortunately because we are not fully aware of the reality we know some theory about it but that yaqeen that should be there is not to the extent that is required and as a result we take it for granted we don't give it the due importance we don't give it the due concern the time comes and the time goes and nothing much changes in us because we don't give it the importance that is necessary so we need to reflect upon this that this great month of ramadan is coming rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam made dua that ya allah enable us to reach this mubarak month we cannot imagine what greatness there is in it for example somebody invites you to a little uh daawat somewhere some invitation somewhere now you are expecting that this person is giving this invitation this person is not somebody who is in a position to be able to afford a very very lavish invitation it might be very simple food maybe the person also just said come along for some tea so now sometimes some people who are not so concerned about the person they more concerned about the food whereas that's not the point somebody has invited us it's not what they going to serve us how lavish that meal would be how delicious the food might be or whether if provided that it is within the limits of shariat 
provided that there isn't anything that is out of line, then one can accept that invitation, but that invitation being accepted is not for what might be presented there. It is to make the heart of the person happy. To accept the person's invitation on the note of that friendship, on the note of that family kinship. There was a very great personality, Hazrat Mawlana Masihullah Khan Sahib Rahmatullah He passed away some, maybe about 20 odd years ago. And uh, he had come to South Africa several times. He was the Sheikh of many senior ulama among the very senior personalities of Durban who were his students and who were associated to him Hazrat Mawlana Abdul Haq Magda Sahib Dan Barakatuhum many others so when he once came to South Africa so he was elderly not very well it was quite a task for him to move from place to place but now there were many people who were very very eager to invite him to their places, to host him. So now there would be breakfast somewhere in somebody's house and then lunch in somebody else's place and supper somewhere else. Now sometimes he was stationed in one town, one city for several days, but every day and sometimes tea somewhere and whatever. So one person suggested that, look, you are stationed here at one house. Many people want to invite you for meals at their places. Why not do this? We will tell everybody that look, whoever wants to host you, they are putting forward this suggestion to this great personality, that whoever wants to host you, we'll tell them, fine, we'll allocate the days, the meal, and they must bring the meal here where you are stationed, at the house that you are stationed, and you will partake of the meal here. So they wanted to serve you, they wanted to invite you, so they invited you, just that the meal was served in the place that you are stationed at, the home that you are currently occupying. So he immediately responded and said that our taluk and our association with, is with them, not with their food. We are associated to them personally, not to their food. So if we ask them to bring their food here, it is like as if our link is with their food. Our link is with them. So it doesn't matter, even though it might be a bit of a task, it's it's taxing physically because of his age, because of his health. He said, doesn't matter, we will go to their homes. They've invited us, we will go to their home and we'll partake of whatever they serve us. In other words, no matter whether it is something very simple also, it's not the issue. The issue is they want us to come to their home out of that muhabbat, out of that friendship, out of that bond. So this is the basis on which we are accepting that invitation on that muhabbat on that bond, on that friendship. So the link is with them, not with their food, will go to their houses. Now this is the mindset of those who are the true Ahlullah. That it is not what the items are going to be there, whether it's going to be a 5 cost meal, or a 11 cost meal, or whatever it is. Nowadays, unfortunately, this is where everything starts revolving around. What is going to be served there? What kind of, and therefore, many a times the host is also trying to outdo the previous host. Or somebody had some wedding before, somebody had some function before, how they did things we need to do it one better, so that people will talk about it. When it is known that somebody is just doing something out of competition, 
when it is known that a person is throwing an invitation in a certain manner, but it is out of competition. In the Hadith Sharif, it has been mentioned, it is not permissible to accept that invitation. The invitation of people are competing with one another just to show off, just to make a name. And every other day you will hear something more elaborate. People are spending millions and millions on one one function just to make it a really talk of the town function. People must really brag about it, meaning keep praising it so that they can brag about it also. But now this is something which is wasting all this gift of Allah Ta'ala and whatever the bounties of Allah Ta'ala are, there are so many people that are dying of starvation, so many people who don't have a decent shelter over their heads, so many people who don't have anything to survive with as such. If we gave some portion of this also to those people, had a simple function, had a simple wedding and passed on these the savings to all these people, how much of du'as we'll get, how many sins we'll get saved from, and at the same time, what would be the great benefit is, that these people will have something to eat, something to wear, people don't have shoes, and they're walking bare feet to school, walking bare feet, they're going hungry to bed at night, can we imagine what a great service this will be, and how great rewards it will bring for us in dunya also in akhirat as well so this is the aspect that we need to focus on we digressed from this point that the issue is not what is going to be served the issue is that we have we are accepting an invitation on the bond on the muhabbat on the family kinship but this point also we started off on that if we know something beforehand that this person is not going to be able to throw a very lavish invitation. Now people like us, whose focus is on the food, is on what is going to be served, and nowadays even worse than that, they are going for the entertainment. What kind of entertainment? Haram entertainment. This is really very, very dangerous, the manner in which things are going, and though this is not the subject that we are discussing, but Allah Ta'ala put this in the heart right now as speaking so therefore I am just digressing on this that these kind of wedding invitations nowadays up front the invitation is also saying come along and this is what's going to be happening there's going to be dancing there's going to be other things and we know sometimes up front there's going to be music there there's going to be intermingling there's going to be a completely mixed up function then we should know very clearly that it is not permissible for us to attend such a function we are going to go to such a function, we are going to damage our Iman. We are going to harm our Iman. Allah forbid sometimes we can draw down the azab of Allah Ta'ala right there. And if the azab doesn't come on our physical selves, it's definitely raining down upon our hearts. People leave such functions and when they return, they return in a state that their hearts have been rained down with azab. Then that plays out in so many different ways then there is turmoil in their own home sometimes because of how they are behaving how they are reacting how those children are reacting or something else, something or the other or in so many other ways this plays out but where it came from it came from attending that gathering where the azab was raining down and it rained down on the heart many a times that azab comes in this way that the person's heart is now disinclined from deen from amal somebody was now performing their salah very diligently they suddenly the interest in the salah is diminished. 
they came back from that function late at night, they still didn't perform the Isha, they went away to sleep. And whereas they were very punctual, I said, no, maybe I was just tired. No, it wasn't tired. It was that azab that rained down on the heart, that now turned the direction of the heart away. Then a person missed the Isha also, I was very tired, and then missed the Fajr also. This is the azab of that haram function. And likewise, so many other things then happen. Now the person was not misusing the phone, suddenly they started misusing the phone. Somebody was not chatting haram chats, now they are chatting haram chats. And all these kind of things are happening. Why? Because of this aspect that the person attended a function where the azab of Allah Ta'ala was raining down. Because of the haram that was taking place there. So this is something to be very, very careful about to remind ourselves that it might sound like some fun entertainment but what we are entertaining ourselves with we are playing with fire so coming back to the subject that we are talking about that a person now who has got his attention towards the food if he thinks beforehand that this person what is going to be able to really present and what is going to be able to serve he says, no, I got enough now, I don't need to go. Because his, his whole objective is food. His objective is just entertainment. The objective is not men, men, uh, increasing the bond, increasing the friendship, increasing the muhabbat. That is not, he got no idea with that. So now therefore, if he's not going to get something to eat, he won't bother. And if he can get something really good to eat, then he'll go. Whereas those who, their focus is on the muhabbat, their focus is on the bond, it doesn't matter whether they get anything to eat or not. They'll go for a short while also. Because that's the purpose, to enhance the bond. So coming back to this point now, if we knew for sure now, one is this person, we don't know what this person is going to serve, might not even go. But supposing up front we know for sure, this person is inviting me. And this person, he really lays it out. And on top of that, this time he's planned something or she's planned something which we got to know very secretly. We got to know about it that whoever is going to attend this invitation, they're going to be dishing out Kruger rands at the end. As people walk out, one one Kruger rand. And maybe one diamond ring also with it. And maybe one gold chain. And maybe one can keep adding to it, whatever we want to add to it. So now we got to know about it that this is what's going to be dished out there. So, it would take a person who is really lost to ignore this. Otherwise, he's going to be first in the line. He is going to make sure if there was some other uh, prior appointment, that appointment will get cancelled. If there was some other kind of necessary work, that work will get cancelled. The person had even on overseas trip, there's a chance he would delay that, postpone it. I can't miss this for anything. That trip I'll go later also. If there was some other, if somebody is going for an operation also, then tell the doctor to please postpone the thing. I'll come later. Doesn't say nobody's a you know very serious operation. You can't delay it. Say no, why? Let me just attend this function. If I don't make it for this function, and if I you know you die, you die once. But maybe I'll just live then I'll make it for the function. We can do the operation later. You'll have all these kind of stories. Why? Because we know now what's going to be dished out. We won't miss it for anything. Whereas all these things, we are here today and we are gone today. We have no idea whether we will make it tomorrow. How often that happens. But Nabi Islam is saying to us, 
and he's making dua. He's teaching us, and he's making dua as well. Ya Allah, enable us to reach Ramadan, because he knows what is dished out there. He knows the reality of what is being dished out. So just as we heard about when Krugerang being dished out, one gold bangle and one diamond ring, so we will never miss it for anything. We'll be so full of enthusiasm and so eager we will be to, to reach there because of what is going to be dished out. We need to understand and trust in the what the sight of Rasulullah is. That he knows the reality of what is being dished out in Ramadan. Therefore, two months in advance, he is focusing towards it. And he's begging Allah Ta'ala, Ya Allah, you enable us to reach Ramadan. And we need to develop that same kind of enthusiasm and develop that same kind of eagerness. But we are going to be going towards Ramadan. It is like a person going with a cup, with a bowl, with some container. Now he's going to be going, somebody's going to be filling this very valuable drink into it. Some really ex- exotic drink, something really very expensive, very delicious, halal, pure drink. So now, people are going to be coming with their containers. Depending what size container you come with, and what kind of container you come with, you take so much and go. <coughs> so now somebody comes, he comes up front with a very small container, that too is a dirty container. So now that person sees the container, he says, you carry on, you don't give you anything to You come with such a dirty container, wash it person comes. Somebody else comes, mashallah, with a very clean, shining utensil and a big utensil. Might have come even like a big tanker. Say, mashallah, this is a person who really come to take something. Fill it up for him. Now, our utensil is the heart. And this is a utensil in which we have to get this, what is going to be poured in the month of Ramadan. So we want to really get something. We want our hearts to be filled up. We have to start cleaning it out from now. And we have to start increasing the capacity of this heart to take more. It won't grow physically, but there's a certain capacity. We can grow that capacity. So one is we have to start cleaning it out. We have to clean it out from what? So by means of sincere toba and istighfar, we have to clean out this heart from all the effects of sins that we have committed. And whatever sins might be in our lives currently. This is something we have to start doing very eagerly from now. Sincere toba and istighfar. Toba and istighfar from all the haram that was committed over time. And the toba requires that we stop all these sins. Otherwise, it's like a person washing that utensil on one side, from one tap is washing it, and then with the other hand is pouring that filth again in the same cup. So what is going to be the benefit of washing it when in the same instance you're going to keep throwing filth into it? That filth must stop. Then you wash it, inshallah it will be clean. But if one hand you're washing it, one hand you're adding filth to it, then there's not going to be any end result to it. No benefit. So therefore, the filth must stop. The haram must stop. And most of all in this time and age, the haram of that phone that phone which has become the device of choice for shaitan. That a person who couldn't do many, many things previously, he can now do everything via phone. Shaitan has become the smart one. And through the so-called smartphone, he makes everybody total fools. Can you imagine somebody tells you, look, 
I'm your best friend. I'm your best friend and I will do the best for you. How? I'm going to make you very smart. So the person says, okay, I'm going to be very smart now. My friend said, he's my best friend, he's going to make me very smart. Then now, he comes and he spends time with us and he's sitting in our home and he's spending hours with us and in the meantime what he's doing, he's looting everything. He's taking our wealth away and he's taking our all our utensils away, he's taking all the jewelry away, he's taking all the valuable things we have away and he's doing it in such a way that he's making us feel that look, because I am sitting with this friend, I'm very comfortable. Don't worry about what he's going. This is such an enjoyable friend. He's making me laugh. He's telling me such wonderful things and such exciting things. So if I'm spending my time with this friend, if all my wealth is all lost and my jewelry gets looted and my money gets lost and gone and all my expensive items are all disappearing, what it matters? So now that he's doing it in such a smart way that he's making us feel good about it. Now such a person, now imagine such a person at the end of the day now is standing there with that friend only in that house, everything else that house is empty. And that person now, the owner of the house, he's telling everybody else, look what a smart person I am. They say, this person is smart times one million. But just that we'll have to redefine the word smart. Many people, they redefine the words. For example, now, many things, in many countries of the world, they're calling it reform. Like for example, in Saudi Arabia, they're saying there's many reforms taking place. What kind of reforms? Before they were very strict that no woman could come out on the in public without a head covering, without dressing in a proper Islamic way. So now they're saying they're bringing about reforms. That now if she's coming out without a head covered, so it's not going to be an issue. So now what they're calling it? They're calling it reform. In reality what it is, it is deform. You know, you get a deformed child. So now, the child loves come now, but nobody feels good about it, nobody feels happy about it, you feel very grieved, very sad, you submit to Allah Ta'ala's will, Allah Ta'ala's decree, but that is something beyond anybody's choice, here it is in everybody's choice to be reformed in reality, but what they're doing, they're deforming it, it's like breaking something and saying we're making it, now the person is breaking on glass, shattering it to pieces, and you ask him what he's doing, he says, no, we're making on glass. So he says something is wrong with this person. He's calling it, he's breaking and he's saying we're making. So likewise, they're deforming and they're saying they're reforming. So they're redefining the word. So likewise, this person is standing in that empty house and he's saying, look how smart I am. My whole house got looted, got stolen. Why? Because I have such a wonderful friend with me. This friend now, that's my, you know how smart I am. So they say, now this person is smart times one million, but we're going to redefine it. What smart means? That the most stupid person on earth. That this is what smart means nowadays. Now this is what the smartphone is all about. It's making people total fools. It's robbing them of their iman, robbing them of their haya, robbing them of their values of iman, robbing them of their honesty, robbing them of their sincerity, because making them speak lies, it's making them do filthy things, it's making them cheat, it's making them do all kinds of evil. And they are feeling they are so smart. It's doing it in such a way that it's making them feel, I'm your best friend. You can part with your family, don't part with me. 
Your parents are telling you, you will they find a phone with you, you go out of the house. You say, okay, I'll go out of the house. But I, I can't leave my phone. I can part my family, I can't part with my phone. Na'uzubillah, people can part from the Quran Sharif, they can't part from their phone. They can part from their kitabs, they can't part from the phone. They can part from their friends, but they can't part from the phone. They can even part with the, from the bounties of the month of Ramadan, but they can't part from their phone. They can part from so many things, they can part from everything. If they can't part from something, they can't part from that haram on the phone. Now that is that phone that is saying, I'm so smart. What the phone is saying is, behind the phone, shaitan is saying, see how smart I am, how I gripped you, and how I'm making you feel that I'm your best friend, whereas I'm your worst enemy. That is a smart enemy. Now shaitan is actually saying, look what a smart enemy I am. The smart enemy is the person who makes you feel that he's your friend. Whereas he's your enemy. That's a smart enemy. From his point of view, he's very smart. Now, this is unfortunately what Shaitan has done to us via the phone. So, we want to really achieve something in the month of Ramadan. It's not going to happen by us continuing with this haram. That illicit relationships. That illicit talking and chatting. And thinking, no, this is just fun. This is just by the way. Just something by the way. Shaitan is destroying us. And this is just the hook he's trying to put into it, the person firmly. Then the day is going to come when he's going to reel. When he reels, then he will reel in such a way like when that fish now gets reeled out of that ocean. It leaves behind everybody. Because he can't do anything. It's just reeled out. It wants to stay also, but he can't stay. It just gets reeled out. Now that fish has got his family there. It got its parents, it's got some whatever, siblings, it's got everybody else. It's just reeled out. So likewise, Shaitan then suddenly, finally, when he got that very big hook now, finally, deep down embedded in the person's heart, then he just starts reeling. When he reels now, marriages break. Now the person is crying also himself. Hey, but I didn't expect it to go this far. But now he allowed Shaitan to put that hook deep down in the heart. Like that fisherman now got that hook nicely embedded in the mouth of that fish. Now the fish is saying, but you know, I didn't mean to come out of that ocean. But that fisherman is reeling. He is not interested in what that fish is thinking. And who's crying, and that fish's father is crying, and mother is crying. He is reeling. He's got his fire already outside. He's got the frying pan on the fire. He's got that oil already boiling. He is just waiting to put this fish in the frying pan. He is not interested in who's going to cry, who's dying, nothing. Likewise, shaitan, that is his job. That is his own objective. He's got his fire of Jahannam already, he's destined for that. And now he wants company in there. And he wants to cause havoc for the person in dunya also. So when he starts reeling, then it becomes too late. Then a person just gets reeled out. Then everything just breaks open. The person gets disgraced in dunya also, Allah Ta'ala save us and protect us. And the person gets disgraced in akhirat, unless the person made sincere tawbah and turned back to Allah Ta'ala and gained the forgiveness of Allah Ta'ala. Now all that is what is the danger behind all these things. So we need to become very conscious and leave all this aside. It's not fun. It's very dangerous. It's not excitement. It is playing with fire. Now coming back to the discussion of Ramadan, we want to go forward. We want to take something from Ramadan. We want to take that great wealth that is being poured in the Mubarak month of Ramadan. We have to first clean out this utensil. Because if this utensil is dirty, we will get nothing in it. So we have to clean it out with Tawbah. And Tawbah requires we stop all these wrongs. 
watching those movies and that YouTube videos and whatever other things that go along and all those evil things and blogs and whatever other filth that is being read all this has to stop you have to make sincere toba, cry to Allah Ta'ala shed some tears of repentance beg His forgiveness sincerely and clean our hearts and minds out from all this filth now that we will make the sincere toba and we will move forward then inshallah we will see what we will get in the month of Ramadan so to clean the heart out clean the heart out of all the filth one is this kind of filth then there is other kind of filth also the filth of malice for example we have to clean our hearts out of that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa addressed Hazrat Anas in a very very loving manner Ya Bunayya O my beloved son and then Nabi Sallallahu gave me advice in Qadarta an tusbiha wa tumsiya wa laysa fi qalbika ghishun bi'adin faf'al the crux of which is keep your heart clean of malice take out all the malice don't wish ill for anybody this is the way to detect that is there malice in my heart that if somebody something happens to someone something negative happens I get happy I feel something in my heart hey lucky that happened to that person good very good deserves it why why I'm feeling like that this is the malice, malice within me. Oh, if nothing happened, I'm wishing. I hope some, this person, something must happen. He must fall. Or something must go wrong in his life. Or something or the other must happen. Now, why I'm thinking like this? Because of malice. Nabi Islam is saying to us, clean your heart out of malice. Don't have any malice for anybody. We might have even sometimes a difference of opinion for someone, with someone. That difference of opinion will happen. There have always been difference of opinion regards to many, many, many things. Obviously, the difference cannot be outside the limits of Shariat. Now, there are two people, there are differences of opinion. What's the difference of opinion? One person's opinion is that we should... Na'uzubillah, that person's opinion is that he also, she also, and the friends also, everybody must dress in a haram way. That's the view. See, girls can't be now like their great grannies now. They have to live with the modern times. They must dress up in the modern times. They must wear jeans. They must wear tops. They must wear all branded stuff. So now that's their view. And now somebody else's view is, no, we can't carry on like this. So now you won't say, well, okay, all these views are fine. No, these views are all not fine. Some are totally wrong. That must dress up in these jeans and all these pants and tops and t-shirts and all these things. Wrong. It's not fine. So, one is these kind of things. Obviously, those kind of views are out. There's no leeway for something that is out of the pale of deen, out of the line of shariat and sunnat. But besides that, there are things that will, there will be difference of opinion sometimes in issues. So, we will differ sometimes with somebody. They want to do something and we don't want to do it. They want must uh, do something in a certain way. We want to do it in a different way. It will happen. In one home it will happen. In one family it will happen. It will happen many things, provided it is all within the limits of Shariat. But we will not have a situation there where now we start creating malice in our hearts for the person, having enmity for the person. No, we will have a clean heart for everybody. Even those who are doing something wrong, we will make dua for them. We will not join them, we will not support their wrong, we will not feel that this is fine. No, it's wrong. It's wrong is wrong. Sometimes this too is something people say, you mustn't judge others. We've discussed this many times before, but now it's becoming a thing to repeat and to firmly embed it in the heart. That people say, you mustn't judge others. 
We will not judge anybody in terms of the end result. We cannot judge anybody in terms of the end result. We cannot judge our own end result also. We cannot say we are all done. We are number one. We got no basis to say that. We don't know what our condition is tomorrow. And we don't know anybody else's end result also. He could become one of those who are going to get the highest stages of Jannat from the Ummah. We don't know. Yes, but the action that Allah and His Rasul have judged as wrong, that already judged. We are not judging it. If somebody is dressing in an immoral way, it's already judged. That's immoral. Don't say, don't judge her now. Don't say she's immoral. If somebody is wearing something immoral, it's immoral. That's wrong. If there is no haya in it, you'll say that this is shameless. It's not, it's not something that's conducive. It's wrong, it's wrong. We won't judge the person, but we'll judge that this action is shameless. So, this is something that we need to now clean our hearts out of this malice in any case. Clean our hearts out of all these other maladies of the heart. We don't have any evil intentions regarding anybody. We don't wish any wrong for anybody. Don't wish any harm for anyone. Somebody is doing the wrong things too, we'll make dua for them. Ya Allah, you bless me also with hidayat, you bless this person also with hidayat. That person too will not judge them and think we are better. No, we don't know the end result. This person is doing something wrong, but in the total, this person is better than me. I am still far below. Maybe I'm not doing the wrong he's doing, but in the total, I don't know what good this person has in his heart. I don't know what good actions he's doing, which I'm not aware of. So when all will get totaled up, this person is far better than me. On the day of Qiyamah only we will know who is better than who. So we don't regard ourselves as better than anybody. But what is wrong is wrong. So in any case we need to now clean our hearts out of all sin, of all malice, of all other pride, of jealousy, of all other evils. Clean our heart out of all this. And wish good for everybody. Help everybody. Make dua for everyone. And in this way, inshallah, we will be preparing our heart for the Mubarak month of Ramadan and we will be able to take the maximum in this Mubarak month with the Fazal of Allah Ta'ala. May Allah Ta'ala enable us to clean our hearts out completely, make sincere tawbah, give up all the evils and sins and start moving positively towards Allah Ta'ala. Inshallah, this, in this way, the Mubarak month of Ramadan will become a month of great khair and blessings for us and will change our lives for the better. وآخر دعوانا عن الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحسي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جز الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير واجعل عواقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين واجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه أجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين